0: To the Danger and Sarge podcast is for podcast not the Danger and Sarge podcast Danger and Sarge are here <laughs> Hi Sarge This is why we can't have nice things I know Welcome to the Is4 podcast with Danger and Sarge There it is This week we are going to talk about the letter S because each week on the Is4 we like to break down a different letter or at least assign a topic to said letter and uh, enroll with it So this week we are going to be talking Starship Troopers, the 1997 military science fiction action film. I love this movie. Or Or for those of us who are cultured, the 1959 book uh, by uh, uh, yes. I yes, yeah. yeah, actually that was going to be the next thing I say, so thank you. Thank you for taking t- for for taking that. So yeah, um I know you read the book and you saw the movie. You were not a fan of the movie, were you?
1: How do we want to do this? How do we want to say this? Um, The movie, as a standalone, is is a decent sci-fi action Casper Van D. movie. Right. If you wanted to compare the book and the movie, that would be like comparing... The movie being a Ford Pinto to a. to the book being a Ford Lust. I mean, two completely different things. One's an absolute turd
0: and one isn't. Okay, so you're saying that the movie is a turd and the book is a masterpiece?
1: After reading the book, yeah, the movie is definitely a turd. It leaves so much information that drives the narrative of the that would make the movie that much
0: better. Well, okay, so you could say that for almost any movie and book adaptation. Well, I mean, most movie to or movie most movie to book adaptations. You can you can always say that a movie left out a bunch of details because it's it's so easy to make a movie and write it the way that you see it fit to be on a screen, whereas in a book, it takes three, four sentences or maybe even up to a page to give you an entire detail, an entire feeling, an entire setup for a scene or a room or a movie, sorry, a room (laughs) or characters or whatever. You can't always do that in a movie. It doesn't quite translate. So books are always going to be more detailed than movies are, even though in movies you can have the visual aspect of it and have all the things on screen. Now, if you read a book and then you go and see the movie and the costumes don't look the way that you envisioned, you know, the sets don't look the way that you envisioned, then it's not going to live up to your standards. It's not that
1: it doesn't live up to the standards as a source movie it's got sorcery yes i think they could have done the movie better in several different ways which i'll get into that after after we fully unpack this because we're what we're only like three or four minutes in and we're already like, yeah ah judge jury execution no that's, that's not oh, so well. no i mean but it... i do i have thought about it because i've had this conversation with other people who said the movie was great and, you know, we've agreed to disagree on the content, except for the fact that if I was drunk with microwave burritos, <laughs> I would totally watch Casper Van Dien's Starship Troopers.
0: Okay. So, all right, let's, let's, let's kind of move through some details of things, and then we'll get into why I'm right and you're wrong, and why I am the not guilty one in this judge-jury-executioner scenario. That you have presented So as always with movies I like to talk more about production Than the movie itself So the movie was directed by Paul Verhoeven And written by Edward Neumeyer. Now Do you know what movie They worked on together before this? What movie? No Verhoeven you're probably going to tell me Absolutely I'm going to tell you That's called a spoiler alert they directed and wrote RoboCop. RoboCop. Uh, yes, so... Which one?
1: One through six?
0: Actually, act, just one. So actually, uh, Verhoeven wrote, or excuse me, Verhoeven directed the first uh, RoboCop. And Edward Newmeyer actually wrote the first RoboCop and then the reboot RoboCop. The one that Got a lot more flack than I thought it deserved. I thought it was an okay movie. It wasn't great. If you saw and you loved RoboCop before, it wasn't the same by any means. But it was a fine movie. I. It wasn't RoboCop. I think if it threw a different name on it, it may have been a better movie. You know what I mean? So, what go on. What was the uh,
1: lead character's name before?
0: He uh, that, I don't remember. Hang on a second. I, you were
1: talking to RoboCop, and it's like, what was his name? Murphy.
0: Murphy. Murphy. Yep.
1: Alex, Alex Murphy? Yeah, Alex Murphy. See? Yeah. Oh, anyways, back on top. Sorry. Yeah. That's
0: Oh, uh, that's fine. The first of what will probably be several. So, okay. So, he actually directed, uh, all together, RoboCop, next was Total Recall, then Basic Inst- Instinct, and then Showgirls. <laughs> and then Starship Troopers, um, which I think was a an interesting jump. But if you look at uh, Robocop, Total Recall, you actually saw that he did a lot of the propaganda type stuff going uh, going forward. He kind of dealt with that, you know, society is one thing, government's a different, and there's violence and whatnot all thrown in there, just as Starship Troopers. But then after Starship Troopers came Hollow Man, and then Black Book, uh, Tricked. L. I don't know those other movies. Um, before RoboCop was Flesh and Blood, The Fourth Man, All Things Pass, and then he goes into German movies, which is where he came from. And he was uh, he was born in in 1938, so he came up in you know in World War II, but then in what was Germany after World War II. So he was he was coming of age in a time of Fascism and Nazis. I mean, Nazis. You know, to be raised around Nazis as a regular everyday thing, even though you know Germany did not like to really talk about the Nazis after World War II. They were still there. They were around, which goes into a lot of what Starship Troopers was, because he he actually read the first couple chapters of the book and then found it really upsetting and so he put it down because it was very he, he said it was a very right wing book that was you know driving a lot of the you know the fascism and the uh, violence rule, rule and blah, blah blah which actually if you look at the if you watch the background of the really opening scene after the propaganda film about uh, war and whatnot, where Rico is in the class making the little kissy animated thing for, um, uh, for Denise Richards, you'll actually hear that <clears throat> Michael Ironsides um, is giving a lecture on how violence is the solution. And I think it's funny that he's giving a, a whole speech and, and lecture on how violence is the solution with one arm. <laughs> he's missing an arm through the entire thing. And I think that that is hilarious. So, go on. I, I, I feel like you're you're brimming with with things to say all about that.
1: Well, I mean, you're missing you. Not, number one, it's like he read old. He read a two pages of a book, and all of a sudden, it's fascist right wing. Well, is totally not the
0: case. well, the the um, writer read the entire book. The screenwriter read the entire thing.
1: Well, then he needs to pick up on context clues. <clears throat> because that book was written, published back in 1959. So, what it was is, first and foremost, I'm going to I'm gonna really ruin it for everybody in the book.
0: Well, okay, so the book was written in 1959. The movie is uh, 20 years old at this point, so spoilers don't apply here. <laughs>
1: okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah,
0: spoilers so- don't apply to a 20-year-old movie and a book from 1959. So... Okay, so...
1: The Professor De Bru- ice is how they say
0: it in the book. Um, ah, but see, that's an interesting thing to me, is that's how they say it in the book, but I read Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and I was saying half the names wrong in my head until I got an actual person from Sweden to go, okay, so this is how you say these things.
1: Well, so... He's talking about in that opening sequence, he's talking about how violence is the only answer. But why is that? What led to that? So he goes into this big thing in the book, this big tirade in the book about have a dog. Okay? If your dog does something wrong, what do you do? Well, of course, you paddle the dog for peeing on the floor. That way it knows that you're upset, and then you put the dog outside, right? So, what is the difference between physically disciplining somebody for an inaction and paddling a puppy dog? Why is one more acceptable than the other? Is a human life worth more than a dog life?
0: Some would so say yes. Just,
1: well, I mean, it's it, that's the stuff they explore. Like, Casey, I want you to break down two words for me. Ready? Okay. Juvenile delinquent. Break down those two words.
0: The two words individually or tell you what a juvenile delinquent is.
1: Well, what is a juvenile delinquent?
0: A young person who, in short, causes trouble. Okay, so what is juvenile? A young person, usually below, I would say, 16.
1: Okay, so what does delinquent mean? Uh, Just a word on its own.
0: I don't know the definition that I can tell that you're looking at, but... Well, I'm not looking at a definition.
1: There's nothing... I'm looking at you on this Uh screen.
0: Okay. I would just say a delinquent is somebody who is Aneta, bad.
1: What is the, if I say you're delinquent on something, you're what? You're short. You're behind, right?
0: Okay. Right.
1: Okay. So what is a juvenile delinquent? In? Put those two words together.
0: A short. A, 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 <laughs> a young, young person. person
1: essentially that is incapable of essentially knowing right from wrong if they're at the age of 16 right being held responsible for their actions so in the book it goes into well back in after they use the example of i think it's uh, what's that big park in new york central so, yeah they were talking about central park where crime got so bad that people wouldn't go to the park at night because they'd be murdered or robbed or beaten right and then it goes on that shortly after all that happened they started punishing the adults for the kids, crimes and then crime dropped.
0: Hang on. Yeah, I'm gonna say.
1: So that's how they—that's how they got into it. When they figured out that basic rules and laws weren't working, they had to institute an actual corporal punishment system, where essentially, if you—if you or your kid broke the law, you were—you were tied to a post and beaten with a rod. I mean, welcome to flogging.
0: Well, you know a rod is a little different than a cat in nine tails but go on
1: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just saying though you know it's like these, these are the premises that they use the book and the fact that the producer of the show the director who whatever he was read two pages and got upset over number one the fiction book I mean he's get his head examined
0: okay so there are many differences between the film and the 1959 novel where the novel has been accused of and this is outside of just him. It's been accused of promoting uh, militarism, fascism, and military rule. The film satirizes these concepts by uh, featuring bombastic displays of nationalism, as well as news reports that are in, are intensely xenophobic and propagandic. It's a uh,
1: right. I bet you these are the same people that complain about Fahrenheit or Fahrenheit four fifty one. Well, I mean, you're I had my. I had my own run in with people with that book,
0: so that's actually a book that I have read snippets of but have never read the entire thing. But you know, I, I like the fact that it took what was this book that was accused of these things and satirized the entire thing, you know, did the over the top propagandic things and you know, and made it into what was essentially, you know, on one side the bright and shiny nine oh two and oh at different points to the uh, bright and shiny uh, propaganda films that were played all throughout the movie. And then, you know, on the other side of it, you had murdering, or not really murdering, I guess murdering, bugs, and bugs murdering people. Well, it just wasn't, in the book, it just wasn't bugs. Right, what was it in the book? There were
1: other people. Well, there were were these humanoids, I forget what they called them, uh, but... You know, like in the in the book, they talk about how the bugs didn't de- the bugs didn't take prisoners. Um, you know, they they go into a lot of technical details about. Essentially, they nail the twenty first century in this book on on the reasons why, like the coalition of Earth governments come together and create one unified thing and why people only people who served in the military have a vote I mean, it doesn't promote nationalism, it just takes a cause and effect and just puts it on puts it on display. Now the book was so poorly written and such a fascist thing why did it win Hugo Awards? Why is it considered one of the best young author books ever written?
0: I don't I've never really heard about it outside of, in context to the movie I can't I mean s- it was
1: required reading
0: for you in school?
1: Yeah, when I was in college, that was required reading. Oh. So was Fahrenheit 451.
0: Well, I think I think maybe I think books like Fahrenheit 451 again, haven't read it. It's on my list. Uh Brave New World um Oh hell, there's a couple more. I think those books should be required reading overall.
1: I mean, The Old Man and the Sea. Let's take that book for an example. That I I think that should be a required book.
0: It's not? I thought it was in some No, it's Um, not. I think Hemingway should be more. I think more Hemingway should be required reading for sure. Because you know we we worship Hemingway on the pedestal of you know the greatest writers of all time. But how many people read Hemingway before they get to be 25? And everybody should. I read a whole collection of short stories of his, and I think it was one sitting because I couldn't stop because they were so damn good.
1: I mean if they they've taken they've taken so many now we're getting on the tangent of books and we shouldn't so i'll yeah. just say that they have taken many of the books i grew up reading with reading in school like in language arts we we had to read all of our twists and A tale of two cities and you know all these other books and now the now the kids have to be sent home commission slips to learn how babies are made is that i, mean, I have no hope at this point,
0: I didn't realize that that was a permission slip thing. At this point, oh yeah, in health class, you can opt your kid out of uh, out of sex ed. Why would you want to keep your kids from learning the basics of life? I Why? Don't know. Uh, what?
1: I, I don't know. That, again, we're getting off topic. Yeah. back to the movies, back to the movies and books. Now, so there's a movie the boot-
0: that's shown in health class, and it's about I'm how that- a man and a woman make a baby. So, all right. So, okay. So, the film when it came out was technically a bomb, because it... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was. And it has gained immense popularity in its life afterwards. Um, oh yeah, it, it
1: has, like, four or five spin offs. Oh, it, no, uh, it
0: has... Let's see. It has... No, it has uh, two direct sequels, and then two computer animated movies that all have to do with the Bugs. And yep. and the Starship Troopers 2 Hero of the Federation was probably one of the most god-awful dog shit pieces of movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was basically uh, the the military has sent a group of people who then get stuck in basically an above-ground bunker and have an electric fence all around them, and around them, all around, outside that fence is millions of the bugs and then they find a woman inside an attractive woman played by uh, kelly carlson and I, I don't care about spoiling this one It came out in 2004 but it was dog shit um and then she slowly um kills everybody because she is a bug that is now <laughs> in the shape of a human and it's just so bad in fact if you die at the end I don't remember if she dies at the end. I have watched it twice, one out of curiosity, and the second one, the day after parties, I used to sit around with my friends or lay around and watch movies completely hungover and make fun of them, and that was one that we did, and I do not remember the end of it. I know that the bugs end up breaking the fence at one point and get in and kill people, but I don't really remember much more than that. So
1: what is Casper Van Dien's catch? For?
0: Oh, um, something hell. Something hell. I, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Give them hell? You want to live forever. Oh, right, right. Okay, okay, you're right. You want to live forever, you what? I don't apes. I don't remember. Just say it. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I just did. Oh. You want to live forever, you apes.
0: Oh, okay. Right? So,
1: I, in the book, the reason why that saying is used in the book is because they're not in the armor that you see in the movie they're in a suit of armor like iron man yeah but it looks like an ape
0: yeah that was a detail that i saw was one of the big changes that he made was just the armor itself which yeah okay so i've been watching a lot of movies i watched that movie that you recommended tomorrow war which one? The, Oh yeah great. yeah it was it was a good war movie it was a good action movie it's it's good but then i've i've taken note of other movies and TV shows where people are wearing armor and I've wondered what is the point of that armor because I have seen people in armor in movies get punched in the head and knocked out get shot in the head I mean they just the armor doesn't hold up in movies in TV shows like it doesn't well, seem to offer any protection see, I don't understand. And,
1: and, and that's what I'm saying I mean, in the book it goes to a lot of detail it doesn't go into a lot of detail about the army about the armor per se but, I mean, you see people, you know, like self-sealing foam that, you know, injecting them with narcotics to ease pain so they can continue to fight, being able to have jump jets to essentially bound over giant buildings and, you know, taking hits from these bugs and shrugging them off or falling down a, like, a, a 20-story sinkhole and surviving. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's like they go into a lot of stuff in, in the book that just – really drives home what it is and if you can engage your brain for 10 minutes while they're talking about you know the difference the difference in political parties and all this other kind of stuff you you begin to understand that they are the way they are in the book because they've learned lessons and they're trying to teach lessons
0: yeah the the biggest lesson in this book seems to be that violence is generational and they're they're fighting the war because they want to fight a war. I mean, that seems to be what the driving force is in the movie. And, you know, it, the movie ends with a propaganda clip, you know, showing the three main characters. Well, um, you know, Denise Richard, Casper Van Dien, and, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Neil Patrick oh, Harris. Come on. Neil, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris. Which, um, uh, so, uh, Neil Patrick Harris was called uh, Doogie Heimler. Whenever he wore the military intelligence uniform that resembled the SS uniform, <laughs> yes, yes, which yes. which I thought was funny. So anyway, it ends with a propaganda clip showing you know those three people in their different positions. You know, um, uh, you know Doogie Hauser in the the lab, and Casper Van Dien, you know, gathering troops to get out the door to go fight. And then, uh, Carmen Electra, or not Carmen Electra, <laughs> Denise Richards, her name's Carmen in the movie, um, so, it, and it shows her on the, the battleship, and then there's new people in all those positions that they were once in, and, you know, in the classroom scene in the beginning, you see that the generation before them fought in the war, so it just goes to show that the war is generational, you know, it just keeps going. In, in this scenario And and you know At the end of the movie When all Doogie Howser goes up to the You know to the, the Main bug the mom bug the you know Queen bug or whatever bug. the brain bug the brain Right bug. and you know Uses his telepathy and puts his hand on the head And he says it's scared It's scared and they start celebrating Because it's scared not because they won But because it's scared And so that's hope Well if you okay, you see that where they celebrate that it's scared, and then you see that the war is generational, it makes perfect sense to me that it's a war to keep fighting a war. It's not a war to find peace. And, you know, and that I come from watching, you know, growing up watching Star Trek, where it's all about the, about the world has found peace and has now gone to... Explore the universe and, you know, find peace from there. Even though it's just lots of wars out in the universe.
1: So the way they describe it in the book is that there is a law in the wars because the bugs are keeping their side of the solar system. We're staying on our side of the fence. You know, neither neither the two meet, right? And what happens is is the bugs start colonizing the outer worlds. They they start taking over the outer worlds, killing all the colonists and stuff like that. They're bazi bazi bazi. Lousy. So, when Rico, unfortunately, unlike the movie, when Juanito Rico, or Johnny, yes. goes, Johnny. and the, the lieutenant dies in the movie, which the lieutenant in the movie and the lieutenant in the book two completely different people. The lieutenant in the book dies, and then, like, early on, but when Rico doesn't automatically become the lieutenant... He actually goes to OCS, the book, and they dive down into the whole more of the history of moral philosophy, like uh, is one life worth more than uh, a thousand lives? You know, will you risk a thousand lives to save one? Or, you know, if you give a, if, if, if you leave a hot stove on and a kid touches a hot stove, what happens? The pain from the burn teaches the kid a hot stove. So essentially they went back in their in their punishment system to pain as a deterrent. once you get your ass beat with a cane once, are you really gonna do it again and get your ass beat with a cane again?
0: Which happens in the movie when Johnny I forget what he does to get yes yeah, yeah, he accidentally
1: tells someone to remove their helmet.
0: Oh, right, right. And then he gets strung up in the in the town square and beat with a with rope, or uh, a cane, which, you know, the mm-hmm. the uh, general comes up to him and he's like, here, bite this. So he's like, why is that? Like, general, the drill instructor, but hey. Okay, I, I can't remember. and Like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Probably should have watched it before here. So,
1: <laughs> there's a lot of things that differ in the book, but, but essentially the basic premise of the book that you get out of it is that when you get back down to the nitty gritty of life, the things that keep us from doing things is pain. And the only people that are willing to endure pain are the people that are allowed to vote. So volunteering to be something better than yourself in in, in the sense in the book, which I'm not saying. Wait, say that again. So in the book, only people who uh, serve a term of enlistment, you know, can vote, right? They also tell you, tell you in the book that they don't turn anybody away. If you want to enlist and you can't see, they'll find you a job. counting the hairs on a catapult or some shit. I don't remember exactly how to say, but everybody is allowed to join. It doesn't matter who you are. And then you get your citizenship and you get your vote. You can run for a political office. You can own a business, you know, all this other kind of stuff.
0: So in order to become a productive member of society, you have to be in the military.
1: No, not to become a productive member of the city, but to become to become a, a person of influence.
0: An active member. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So like you can you can own a business. They said in the book you can you can own a business, but you can't get war contracts unless you're a citizen.
0: You can't get what? You
1: can war contracts. Oh. Like military contracts. state yeah, yeah. Contracts stuff like that. Yeah. So you
0: can own a bakery. Right.
1: But you can't run for a political office. So it's mean, just the details of the book that you need to read. All right. um, it's, it's a good book. I've listened to it on audiobook. It's about 14 hours long on audiobook.
0: I don't have 14 hours. Oh, you do when you drive to work for an hour. So in, so in two weeks, you've essentially read it. Actually, yeah. one week. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because uh, there's about half of my way to work. I start listening to certain things. is to get me kind of going for the day. You know, certain music and, you know, things to keep to keep the uh, the energy going. and wake me up a little bit because uh, an hour drive to work in the morning sucks, but it's what we do. <laughs> it's, it's, what what, we do.
1: it's what we do. Uh, I, I personally think the movie was the movie, like I said, stand alone outside the book. You know, that's a beer and frozen burritos movie for me. I mean, I'll watch it. I'll giggle through it. I mean, the book, though, I will sit down and I will power read that book.
0: Maybe I'll pick the book up because I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So did you know that the co-ed shower scene, the director, was also requested to be naked during it? And I, I remember right. He wasn't requested
1: to be. He did it to make it more comfortable for everybody else, if I remember right. I, I, I've read a few of these
0: well, from everything that I've seen, they the uh the cast said the only way that they will do a um co ed shower scene where they are to completely act normal, like there's nothing going on. They would only do it if he was also naked. And of course to him being from, you know, being Dutch, it's not an issue because, you know, the Dutch have much less stringent uh nudity rules and taboos and whatnot. So yeah, um, he was uh, requested to be nude, and he did it with no problem. So, you know, is uh, I find it interesting to go back and watch that scene and know that, and then know that the whole point of it was to show that in the future, um, sexuality is not seen as something that happens everywhere. It only happens at a point where sex is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think we should all get there, because...
1: If, yeah. if you guys can get that out of a sex scene in a movie or sex, a shower scene in a movie why can't y'all pick up the, the premises of the rest of the movie I'm I mean, just uh, the United States, fun fact, United States had war propaganda movies shows and stuff like that too during the war oh yeah we actually had a communist party with the Nazi symbol in downtown New York back in the 19 I think it was 1910 1920s yeah it was there
0: but do you know what the uh the swastika started as? where it I came from it
1: like uh oh, i don't want to say i don't want to say africa because i think that that is wrong uh i know it's uh
0: come on boy you could do it it's, it's european it's actually an ancient i believe catholic symbol and it's actually turned to where it's it's flat on all sides instead of turned like in a diamond shape. But it, that's where it actually came from. Is uh, I believe it was used in Europe more than the U.S. But then it was taken and misconstrued and turned into a symbol of hate. So as most people do who don't read full
1: books, they turn stuff into a symbol of hate. There you go.
0: Okay. Van Hoven also compared the film to previous creature features from the 1950s, such as Them from 1954, The Bloody Mantis, 1957. Speaking about these films, he said, they expressed the fear about the nuclear threat at the time and the feelings of helplessness and despair that it caused, while Starship Troopers, which was filmed in a post-Cold War United States, obviously, because... A lot of things happened in post-cold war um, was about having no more enemies Uh, he also discussed how making movies of the sort are difficult due to political correctiveness and uh, but if it's a bug if it's a big insect that you can shoot to pieces nobody cares it's one of the reasons why he made it strictly bugs so trying tying this to the theme of the film, he said the statement that the film is is that we we like enemies. And it's true. I think that we as Americans like to have an enemy. We as people like to have an enemy. We like to have somebody to hate. Somebody to look down on. Somebody to think that we are better than. Now, that was just his takeaway as to what he was wanting to make the movie in showing that you know if it's a bug then you can shoot it to pieces and nobody cares if it's a person you can't really shoot them and blow them up as much as they did the bugs but the one thing that I remember about blowing up more of in that movie was or blowing up a bug was scene where uh there was a giant a giant black roach thing that came out of the ground and old Rico jumped on its back and did a yippee Kaye and shot a hole in it and uh threw a grenade down in it and blew the bug up which let's talk about you have been um Involved in grenade usage, haven't you? Yeah. How big of an explosion is a grenade? Well, that depends. Okay. Is a a grenade when a grenade explodes? Is there a bunch of fire just from that ex- immediate explosion? Is okay, so. So, <laughs> all right. Oh, science. So, your
1: basic frag grenade. Right. frag frag stands for fragmentation basic yes. fragmentation gr- grenade will shoot shrapnel well pretty far right I think I don't remember I think it's not, I think it's got like a 30 meter a 30 meter or 60 meter kill radius or, or 30 meter kill 60 meter main okay oh uh, that's 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 still it's still pretty big right yeah um, your incendiary grenades well they just per- They.
0: Uh, burn up.
1: Yeah, so we used to put incendiary grenades on blocks and, yeah. and, 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 and fire them off and watch them eat to the engine block. Huh. Um, yeah, they, they, they burn hot. In the movie, Rico uses a grenade which I'm going to assume was the cross between the thermite grenade and fragmentation grenade because um, and if you notice that things shot fire that eight Flesh, so I'm going to assume yeah. its, most of its body is volatile, anyways. Right. And you introduced uh, uh, something that burns very hot into it. I mean,
0: yeah, it's. It, eh. I don't know. It just seemed like an over-the-top explosion, but it is an over-the-top science fiction movie. But here's already. the
1: thing, right? They have mini.
0: Yeah.
1: Why didn't they just mini nuke it? Why did he have to jump on and ride like a cowboy? and probably almost kill himself shooting it and just to to throw a grenade in it when they could have thrown a grenade under it. Well, because... Airstrike, or they could have done a million other different things other than what they
0: did. Well, because that wouldn't have been as um, cinematically pleasing. (laughs) You know, as a... I I don't know. So, the... uh, Starship Troopers was nominated for a number of awards in 1988 um for Academy Award for visual effects so and Saturn Award for best costumes and best special effects so when it comes to the special effects of that movie I do believe that it is you know to be at least noted and mentioned that the effects were interesting and fun they
1: absolutely were and I give them that I really do give them you know Props for their special effects usage because guess what? I mean, how else were you going to make, like, uh, almost a two story tall bug look cool? Right. You know? Right. You know, close to them, the space scenes, you know, they weren't bad. They weren't bad at all.
0: They weren't, I would say the space scenes weren't bad, but they also <laughs> weren't good. No, they weren't
1: great. No. I mean, like, another, another difference in the book is Carmen. Played by Denise Richards.
0: Yes, the not, movie, not Carmen Electra. In,
1: yes, in the book, shaved her head. All all Navy pilots shaved their heads. Uh, they were all female.
0: She went the way of GI J.
1: Well, they're all Navy pilots are female because they have better better math, spatial awareness, bazi bazi bazi. According to the book, they gave females their props. But being in space with long hair floating in space. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so they just shaved their heads.
0: Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So it was also nominated for Worst Picture at the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards, but lost to Batman and Robin. <laughs> Batman and
1: Robin was pretty
0: terrible. It, it was bad. So you talked about the sequels and spinoffs and things. So it had uh, Starship Troopers 2, Hero of the Federation, Starship Troopers 3, Marauder, as well as two animated uh, short films, Starship Troopers Invasion and Starship Troopers Traitor of Mars. I never saw Traitor of Mars. Invasion was actually kind of fun. Uh, what was the one
1: that was. Uh, they had a series too, Starship
0: Troopers. Yep, that that's actually three? what I was going to say. That in 1999, a uh, spinoff animated half hour television show uh, called Roughnecks, Starship Troopers Chronicles, mm-hmm. um, which ran for. Um, 80 story arcs um, and the show was really segmented off into eight different parts it had 40 40 episodes overall and each episode tells a story arc and then they all tie together like a Tarantino movie um, so but then it was left on an unresolved cliffhanger and it was never resolved how you know I, I didn't watch it but I don't think I'm ever going to so anyway, it also had a uh, board game, Starship Troopers Prepare for Battle, which I'd like to play at some point. I've never point. heard of that. Yeah, me either. It's on Amazon. I, I don't know. It was sponsored by
1: Amazon, by anything, not least
0: not. So, um, it was uh, made by Avalon Hill, which Avalon Hill had previously released a game called Robert Heinlein's Starship Troopers in 1976. So... I think it'd be really interesting to get both of the board games <laughs> and play them both and just to kind of you know just to see because it's two of the same i guess intellectual property but two different interpretations of it so it also
1: hey. <laughs> what what starship troopers the rpg the arachnid empire i'm trying to see if i can find it what did you say the name of it was
0: Starship Troopers Prepare for Battle. Uh, Keep keep going, I'm looking. And there was a real-time tactics game, a video game called Starship Troopers Terran Ascendancy. Um, And then a first-person shooter, uh, Starship Troopers, released in 2005. So the movie came out in 97. And they put out a video game in uh, the tactics game came out in 2000. And then In 2005, they released another video game, which makes me wonder, you know, did they try to ride that wave of where it started to gain popularity and whatnot? Um, And then Sega Pinball also released a pinball machine based on the film. So there is a Starship Troopers pinball machine out there somewhere, which I would love to get my hands on it. Um, I kind of want to collect pinball machines because I think they're fun. So anyway, so... In 2011, uh, film producer Neil Mortis uh, announced plans to remake the film. In 2016, Columbia and Mortis announced uh, the writing team of uh, Mark Swift and Damian Shannon had been signed to pen the screenplay. Verhoeven has expressed skepticism at the proposed remake, citing reports that it draws heavily from the original, fantastic, and militaristic 1959 novel. So... I guess if there's a remake, they're going to remake it closer to the book than the over-the-top, violent movie. Well, the book the book itself was violent as well. So,
1: if I right. how they could have made the movie
0: better. Yes, please. And
1: base it and base it more on. The book. I will have to say they could have broke the movie up into three parts, right? Done as basic training in one. Because yeah. in the book, that's a bunch of chapters, right? It's very detailed in their basic. And it goes into a lot of the backstories and stuff like that and why they're so hopeful and why they're so, what did they call it? Uh, militaristic. Know. Yeah. Right? Militaristic. Yeah. So it goes into a lot of that, the reasons behind. Why. And then you could take a break from that. And then you could go ahead and do... From when he got out of basic training to when he decides to go to OCS is its own totally separate movie because it introduces more people and more things behind it. And you know, there's there's this, there's a story of one guy that essentially sacrificed his entire his, his his life to save an entire planet. I mean, where was that in the movie? You know, it's just what he did because that was his job. His job was to die for the people that weren't soldiers. That was his job, and he did it. So, got it. So that could be another movie, and then the final movie could be when he went through OCS, officer uh, officer candidate school, to become the lieutenant to the end of to the end of the book, where essentially, uh, the end of the book, his dad did, who did not die when the asteroid hit Buenos
0: Aires. Yes. Can we also was, stop for a second and acknowledge the fact that they're all from Argentina, or <laughs> they're all Argentinian? <laughs> And none of them have accents.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, and the and that uh, the I don't know if you remember the death toll after the asteroid hit um, was into the billions, and there's not that yes. many people in Argentina.
1: So like the mom was there, the dad was off on of business, and then after the mom died from the bugatti, the dad enlisted in the military, and at the end of the book, he becomes Lieutenant John Johnny Rico's tomb sergeant so it's a father and son team right at the end of the book yeah so I mean, again you know, this is why I'm right and you're wrong
0: oh but see you don't understand that I'm right that it's a great movie you are you know, wrong again,
1: you know again if you brought over a fifth of a fifth of a party and an entire box of taquitos and frozen burritos I would watch the movie with you enough.
0: that actually sounds like it might be a good day It
1: would be a great day You can't go wrong with
0: taquitos Let's just get drunk, eat taquitos And watch shitty action movies (laughs) Uh,
1: Last action hero I mean. I said shitty action
0: movies That was a great movie (laughs) Alright, maybe for L we'll go with Last action hero and see how that Conversation
1: goes
0: (laughs) But, okay, maybe we'll Dive into Starship Troopers again Later, I kind of doubt it, I don't know We'll see how it goes, but there's a lot to dissect There um, this movie is full of things that Stephen hates, and I love it. So, <laughs> anyway, until next time, this has been S is for Starship Troopers. S is for Stephen hates Starship Troopers. That is um, true. All right, everybody. Sarge hates Starship Troopers. Sarge hates Starship Troopers. There you go. All right. Good night, everybody. All right. Night, guys.